0: This podcast is a Majestic Giraffe production. For more information and more content,
1: visit MajesticGiraffe.com. But I was going to Toshi's station to pick up some power converters. are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Tashi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarky's podcast in the Star Wars and geek culture, Brian and Nancy.
0: From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're talking all about the Journey to the Force Awakens novels with our friend, Saf. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back to the show, Saf. Thanks for having me back. We were recently on our Phantom Menace. Uh, commentary which was lots of fun
2: that was heaps of fun yes
1: so uh we are going to chat all about the specifically the young reader journey to the *Horse awakens books since we already did aftermath uh and the young adult yes young well young young books the books <laughs> for the youth <laughs> the,
0: the young books the middle grade and young adult books yes
1: well there's only one young adult book so <laughs>
0: um, sadly
1: yeah but um yes so uh We will be talking all about those, and yes, we will be spoiling all of them, so if you haven't read them yet, turn off the podcast. Yeah, turn off the
0: podcast after we're (laughs) done with the news, because we're going to spoil everything. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, before we get too much further, a note from our sponsors, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers, that's right, you. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show and get in on the Weekly Puppy Package.
1: Yes, which we need to do, and I'm reminded because Jade is chewing something she's not supposed to, so hold on one yeah, minute.
0: So Every week you'll get a lovely zip file of the show mascots, Mara and Jade, who are currently making a lot of noise. No, that that me. no that was Nancy making the noise that
1: was me trying to get <laughs> a, a twist tie out of Jade's mouth
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so uh, our patreon you can find it at tashi station.net a link there or you can head straight to patreon.com slash tashi station
1: yes and we're also brought to you in part by her universe fly your world with Star Wars Star Trek Marvel Transformers Doctor Who and other fandom inspired wardrobe and jewelry Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast.
0: All right, Nancy, what is new on the blog since we last convened?
1: We've got lots of things on the blog. Uh, there was a ton of comics that came out this week. All of the
0: comics, you mean? All of the comics yes. came out this week.
1: And uh, and Bria reviewed them all. She reviewed uh, Lando uh, number five, which I can't read and not say Mambo number five. <laughs> if anyone has a
0: Mambo number five parody, it's Lando.
1: Right? And um, also uh, Darth Vader number, uh, which number was it? It was number 10. And Star Wars number 10. It was 5 and 10. Ooh, cool. Um, And uh, we also did a go-no-go for Rise of the Empire, which was the bind-up of Tarkin and A New Dawn and also containing awesome short stories. Uh, Bria attended Baltimore Comic-Con and had the chance to interview Mark Wade, who was the writer for the Princess Leia miniseries, and Charles Sewell, who, uh, was the writer for the Lando series. And, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in those interviews, so you can go read them on the blog. Um, me, I am a Luke fan, but I reviewed Smuggler's Run, which was the Han young adult, or young reader book, and I really liked it. So, uh yay for getting me to like a Han book it's not really hard I like Han it's not that I don't like Han I like to pretend I hate him but I don't it's
0: just an act it's
1: just an act (laughs) (laughs) um our new mom Emily who if you're not following Emily car kicks door on Twitter you are missing out on adorable baby pictures uh she wrote about Walmart's new Star Wars commercials that are challenging antiquated gender norms which they are fabulous and uh you can watch them all on YouTube and uh They're great. I'm I'm very excited. Um, And finally, Bria regaled us of all the happenings in Star Wars Uprising. Uh, If you are playing that game, uh, you can read all about there. Oh, and also I uh, reviewed the last edition of the Servants of the Empire series, The Secret Academy, and I was very sad about it ending. Which
0: apparently should have had a Journey to the Force Awakens banner on it, but didn't.
1: It should have, and we're not going to talk about that tonight because we're having jason on in a few episodes and i'm going to pick his brain about all of the stuff in that book and it was it was great and i will miss zara and mary
2: so so bad so bad
0: uh saf did you get a chance to read the uh, rise of the empire bind up
2: no not yet um i need to get my hands on it still you haven't gotten to read the short stories yet oh they're so no i'm so disappointed but it gives me an excuse because i haven't bought tarkin yet So I guess Uh, Nakes used to buy that. Perfect.
0: But uh, yeah, long story short, um, worth the price of admission just for the last short story by Jason Fry alone. Um, So good. The other two short stories by John Jackson Miller and Melissa Scott are really good. And if you don't have a copy of A New Dawn or Tarkin, this is really worth it.
1: It is. It's basically two novels for the price of a normal paperback. And
0: 80 or so new pages of Star Wars content. Yep. So yay. Go get it.
1: And Ray Sloan being a Banff.
0: Yes. I am
2: always here for Ray Sloan.
1: Who is not? Oh my god. <laughs> Ray Even Lo- the rebels are here for Ray Sloan. Ray Sloan is my <laughs> lord and savior. I thought that was Wedge. Well. We had a problem during Aftermath. I had a I had an issue when <laughs> they were fighting. It made me it was like mommy and dad are fighting. Stop it.
0: <laughs> uh, moving on to Fixers Flash, the geeky things we've been up to. And as per tradition, we start with Nancy.
1: Um, I feel like all of our Fixers Flash are the same nowadays, but uh, I read a bunch of Star Wars books <laughs> because they all were out. Um I finished editing my book. Um I just have to do Ooh. one last polish and then uh, figure out what the heck I'm doing with it. Eek! Um, the other weekend we finally watched Mad Max: Fury Road, and I will use my one f bomb of the show to say it was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, I think it's deserving
2: of that. <laughs> it was
1: really good, and those are. It's not really the type of movie I'm usually into, but man, that that was. That was a good movie. It uh, it was very intense and Charlie's Theron is amazing. And so is Nicholas Holtz. Jeez, that kid is that kid is good. Um and we also uh went to Jock Lindsay's hangar bar a couple more times, which uh, is the Indiana Jones themed bar at Disney Springs. And it's amazing. If you come to Disney World, you have to go there. It's so cool. And also Food and Wine started, which was amazing yes because it's food and wine um and then i won't talk about this because i know brian you want to talk about it
0: oh we saw the martian it was so good it was so good oh right right now it's the best film i've seen this year
1: yes right now right now until december (laughs) until december (laughs) yeah it was it was so good it was it's very hard sci-fi but it's not boring you
0: know I mean, I, I I think no matter what happens in Star Wars, the film quote of the year is. I'm gonna have to science the, the shit, shit out of, of this.
2: this. Yeah, I love that line so much.
1: It's so good, and uh, suck it, me, Armstrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just I li- I really like space, and uh, you know, I like space a lot. So yeah. Yeah,
0: space is pretty great. I'm a fan of space. Uh, Yeah, so that movie was really good. Um, I've been playing a lot of Destiny, uh, and sitting on my Xbox right now, I might play a round tonight, is the Battlefront beta. I'm excited.
1: Are you now? Yes. Really?
0: (laughs) Yay, Battlefront.
1: (laughs) Yes. Saf, what have you been up to?
2: Um kind of similar lots of star wars books um i also saw the martian which i loved so much and i was when i I was watching it i was like why didn't i take science in university (laughs) i know right Um, that's why i didn't take science yeah i didn't take math or science now i'm like why i could have been this guy but um (laughs) oh what else did (laughs) we won't survive mars i wouldn't i i wouldn't like because you have to be so so careful and so precise and i am neither of those things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um, I've also been playing a lot of Uprising because it's just it's, it's very chill and easy game to play um, and I have become slightly addicted to it <laughs> and I have been downloading the Battlefront beta but I don't have it yet so I'll have that soon hopefully I want to play it so bad I, I might have so-
0: remotely logged into my Xbox while I was at work today <gasps> to tell it <laughs> to start downloading
1: Brian that's bad
0: I know shame on me <laughs> So yeah, that's Fixers Flash what we've been up to. So I guess it's news time. The yes. Dirt, news from around fandom and we start with more Star Wars books coming out <laughs> on December 18th.
1: Yes. Um so uh if you know you uh you know haven't gotten your fill of Star Wars books, uh there are some more coming out December 18th. Uh none of the well There is an adult book, The Force Awakens Novelization, which we knew about, but there's a bunch of more, uh, nonfiction books like The Visual Dictionary and some of the art stuff. Um, and then there's, but Before the Awakening by Greg Rucka, which is basically the same type of book as the, as Moving Target and Smuggler's Run and The Weapon of a Jedi, uh, but this one is going to feature Finn, Ray, and Poe right before The Force Awakens takes place, um, which I am very looking forward to because Greg Rucka's book, Smuggler's One, was really great, which we will talk about later. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And dear God, the Phil Noto cover of that book should win some sort of award <laughs> Cause it is so pretty.
0: Did we lose Saf?
1: I don't know. Did we? Saf, did we? I'm here. Okay, okay. (laughs) just. just She was awed by the Phil Noto cover of *The I I was. I was looking it up, and I was just breathless. Like it is gorgeous. (laughs) 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 They're all
2: gorgeous. Finn, Rey, and Poe, but especially. I'm so glad he's involved in like so much Star Wars stuff. Yes. I, I
0: just want Phil Noto to do all the Star Wars art. Just all of it. Let him do whatever he wants.
1: Yeah. Really? Just that Luke drawing that he did during the Force Friday live stream is like amazing. I have a picture
0: awesome. on my phone of Nancy chin handsing while uh, Phil was drawing that.
1: It, it's pretty. And that picture of Poe is huh, is quite pretty. Yeah. And uh,
0: this happened a little while ago, but we did an interview last week, so we didn't have to have a I chance think it to was talk this about week. news. Was it? Okay. Sarah Michelle Geller's playing the seventh sister, not Barry Sophie.
1: Yay! I'm happy about that. So
0: yes, the new female inquisitor is voiced by Sarah Michelle Gellar and now we have Buffy the Jedi killer. It's <laughs> Jedi slayer.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. I like Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's a pretty cool Although
0: you know. let me just say that anyone who says that it was nepotism that got Sarah Michelle Gellar the part, you child, you learn your genre history.
1: You need to learn your genre history. She's Buffy and she's amazing she you know
0: if you have a chance to get Sarah Michelle Gellar on your show to do a part you say yes
1: mm-hmm. yeah pretty much she's she's awesome um, and speaking of Rebels uh, today from New York Comic Con uh, they released a new season 2 Rebels trailer with additional stuff from what we saw at Celebration and oh my goodness Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. there's so much to unpack from it. Well, there's the Interdictor Cruisers, which make me really excited. Can again as an expanded universe fan. Yay, Interdictors. Uh and the B Wings are also cool. Oh man, I love the B wings. Yeah. And uh but I think the thing that I was most excited about was the stuff with Sabine. Yeah. Yeah, she-
2: like it's giving some real hints as to where she came from. I know, right?
1: It, it, yeah. I'm. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Like she apparently. What she- was
0: it? Clan Wren from House Vizsla. Think, or-
2: yeah, yeah,
1: something like that. Ha- yeah, House Wren, Clan Vizsla, something like that. Yeah, and which is very cool. And she's facing off against a masked bounty hunter. I want to know who that is. I know,
2: right?
0: <laughs> I'm of two minds. I. would I think it'd be cool if it was someone we already know, but I also think it would be awesome if it's a new female character.
2: Yeah. I'm okay with either of those options. I yeah. just want to see who she is because she sounds really cool so far. Yeah, me too.
1: And uh, let's see. Hera
0: flying a B-Wing. Hera flying a B-Wing.
1: It, yeah, I mean, how could you not like that? Which is there is be nothing up, better than this.
0: Which is backing up my theory that Hera was a star pilot at the Battle of Endor.
1: Why do you have to say that?
0: You only don't like that because uh, of my other headcanon that Kanan and Ezra are dead.
1: Well, no. no, I mean, they have to be dead. I'm fine with that.
2: No. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. <laughs> I mean, no one's okay with it, but...
0: We all have to come to peace with it. Yeah.
2: I'm never going to come to peace with this, Okay. <laughs> Even if it happens, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Even if
1: it happens, it's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> I reject your canon and substitute my own.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I'll become one of those people. <laughs> in which
0: Kanan and Ezra go to the same pony farm on Alderaan.
1: Oh Yes.
0: Aww. Uh So it's time for bigs bullshit, Star Wars and film, Star Wars film news, and when will we see a Force Awakens trailer?
1: Uh, that's a good question. We have no idea. (laughs) So stop asking. Uh, well, there's rumors that like from like October 16th is what people are saying. Uh, yeah, but we have around
2: 16th to 19th, but like it could be any time really. Yeah. So
1: um, it could be this time. It could be you know. It could be while we're podcasting. Yeah, I don't think so. That would be that would be mean. But but we are having um. Anthony Breznican, we're actually interviewing him tomorrow from Entertainment Weekly, so uh, I'm sure we will be uh, talking about the uh, trailer and when it might happen. I'm sorry, I'm very distracted because I just discovered new gifts from uh, Star Wars, the Star, <laughs> the Star Wars, Wars app. app, and apparently there's a whole crap oh, ton gifts? of Luke Skywalker new Luke gifts that I didn't know about. No one told me about these. I'm very disappointed. Hey,
0: Twitter, you let Nancy down. Shame on you.
1: I know. There's one that shows his arms so clearly.
0: (laughs) And we have now lost Nancy for the rest of the episode.
1: No, you haven't. There's also a, a cute little loft cat. And
0: when will tickets go on sale for The Force Awakens?
1: We also don't know that. But some people are saying October 19th, which would make sense if they're dropping a trailer around then.
0: Here's a trailer. Now, here's a link to go buy tickets. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but I hope they, you know, let them know when that's going to happen, so I can go buy, buy a, uh, buy tickets. Because that's very important.
0: Indeed. And the Costco Connection of all places. <laughs>
1: this is a weird. The Costco thing.
0: Connection has a nice article about Kathleen Kennedy, in which she confirms that the sequel trilogy will focus on the Skywalker family. <laughs> Nancy still wants Ray to
1: be a Skywalker. I do. I do too.
2: Yay! This is why we're friends. We're Finn. I want either of them to be Skywalkers. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I not would... both because I want them to get together.
1: Yes, <laughs> and that can't happen. No, I want Finn and Poe to get together. <laughs> no, Pit- Poe needs someone his own age.
2: I agree with Nancy.
1: Because Poe's like thirty-five-ish, and and Finn is probably around the same age as John Boyega, maybe a little younger. So, like, 20-ish. Like, around that age. That's like, you know... Luke and Leia were 19 when Star okay. Wars started, so... Okay, yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, it's... I mean, it wouldn't it be the biggest age, you know? There's been bigger age differences in the EU, but I, I still want Poe to, like, find a nice pilot.
0: Dashing pilot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd be there could that. be a love triangle, though, with Finray and Poe. <laughs> oh, save me from the love triangles, please. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: That'll be the next YA book released.
1: Yeah. And also, oh. uh, news that came out today, um, the world premiere for episode seven, The Force Awakens, will be December 14th. So at that time, I will be avoiding the internet for until the movie. I, I, I think our movie. plan
0: is we're going to go to work, ignore <laughs> social media.
1: I'm I'm uninstalling all the apps from my phone.
0: We're going to come home, let the dogs out, and then just go hide at the theme parks for that period of time. Yes. That'll work. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, I'm tweeting a a gif of Luke's arms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're nothing if not predictable.
1: Consistent? Yes. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh... (laughs) And we're already talking about episode eight filming and casting rumors. We
1: need to stop.
0: I can't. I can't with this right now. I can't. Now. I
1: really I'm like, we're not done with the with the with the Force Awakens yet. And we're already talking about casting and all this stuff. Although I will say I do like the latest casting rumor only because it's the chick that Claudia Gray cat fan casted for Sienna.
2: I do like that a lot. <laughs>
1: which would be kind of cool uh, that's that's
0: some beautiful synergy right there it
1: is it's a very star wars it is very star wars and of course cue everyone being like oh my god it's sienna and she's gonna be in episode eight no she's not stop it stop it <laughs>
0: Yeah. Alright, it's time for Cammy's concerns and the discussion topic this week, The Journey to the Force Awakens, the young adult and middle grade books that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet.
1: Yay! And if
0: you haven't read them and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. Get now.
1: out! <laughs> Get out of the podcast. Alright, what are we starting with? Lost Stars. I mainly ordered these because it's got from the least to the most tie-ins to the Force Awakens. Gotcha. But we can talk about whatever. Especially how fucking big Lost Stars is. <laughs> Even with the font being big and, you know, having a lot of spacing. It's 551 pages. That's a lot. That's a long book.
0: That's, that's Harry. That's uh middle of the Harry Potter series in length.
1: Yeah. It's... But it's a little smaller. I think it's it's probably around the size of like Prisoner of Azkaban or something. But yeah. So Lost Stars, Saf, you really liked this book. I love this book so well, much.
0: While while you were waiting for Aftermath to release in your locale, uh, you were eagerly consuming lost
2: stars (laughs) oh yeah oh I was more excited for lost stars than aftermath I'll be honest really um it was the one I was most excited for out of all of these books so I was slightly okay with waiting for aftermath because I had it yeah so what were your impressions of lost stars I adored it like oh my god it was everything I wanted and more like I don't know I wanted I love young adult fiction so much like especially young adult sci-fi it's like my favorite oh, thing to read not ever enough
0: young adult no sci-fi it. and space opera and it makes yeah. me sad there's a
1: lot of young adult sci-fi as far dystopian as dystopian fi- lit but yeah. i want like space uh, opera. yeah i
0: want young adult in space
1: yeah definitely um yeah. yeah i i this is this is a genre or a category rather not a genre that star wars hasn't really done al- enough with um They've had a lot of young reader books and the young reader books, like middle grade books, are really, really good. And, you know, I read them as a adult, but like the young adult books, like you look at how big YA is as a genre. Well, YA there, is a huge seller. There
0: were the Young Jedi Knight books, which were technically at the time young adult, but the market has shifted so much. I think they're, they'd be considered more middle grade now
1: yeah i agree i don't i mean they're they're a lot shorter they i i i I, I, yeah i don't think they would would be classified as true ya right now um but yeah ya is huge everyone reads ya um i and i mean if they if they publish more books like lost stars why Why the heck not? <laughs> I mean, everyone seems to be really liking this book, and it's everyone seems to be really surprised by how good it is, which makes me kind of laugh. I
2: find that, yeah, I find it kind of hilarious, because I was obviously excited for it beforehand, and I mm-hmm. was like, no, but it's young adult, it's going to be terrible because it's for kids, and I'm like, oh, you huh. do not understand what young adult genre is, like, it is not children's books. Um, and so everyone seemed really surprised, partly because of that, and also partly because it was going to be a story about love. But I'm like, but Star Wars as a whole is a story about love, so it seems weird that you just because it's a young adult romance book, you would ignore it. So I'm really glad that everyone is actually reading it and that everyone enjoys it, so that like every- more people are reading it because they realize everyone else likes it as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I, I've, everyone said. I ignored that it was YA and I really liked it and I kept thinking to myself imagine what would happen if everyone ignored all the labels for YA and just read them cuz it sounded interesting and imagine didn't worry about the fact there's no labels and <laughs> <laughs> they <It's easy laughs> if you try <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't you know care that and let's be honest here that girls read YA and yeah, that's that's thing that's it's why it's teenage
2: girls that, teenage girls
1: read YA yeah. and men don't want to be associated with teenage girls let's be honest here
2: yeah but people seem to forget that like the hunger games is such a big thing and that's uh-huh. young adult fiction as well and it's like well, if the hunger games can be so big and so good why not accept yeah, the rest of young adult i mean obviously there's terrible books in there but there's a lot oh. of gyms in young adult. Fiction. Yeah, there's Hunger
1: Games. I, well, I, there's there's crap in every genre. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> there is crap in every genre. There's a lot of adult crap out there. <laughs> that should be the that should be the show. Adult crap. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. If you judge, if you're like, oh, this YA stuff is melodramatic and stupid, it's like, eh, well, adult fiction can be that way, too. And, like, there really wasn't much of a difference tone-wise between Lost Stars and Dark Disciple. Except yeah, for the ages stupid. of the characters. That's pretty much all it. So, yeah. Um, I, I'm i glad people are reading this. Um, I, In general, I liked Lost Stars. I had some problems mainly because... I I said it's it was to me it read exactly like fanfic and I didn't I don't mean that as a bad thing because I like fanfic (laughs) but it's like it's so much like all right let's create these original characters and put them in the movies you know which I really liked it when it was the stuff before the trilogy and like the scenes we didn't see in the movies but once they started like kind of like,
0: showing up at Yavin showing up yeah. at Hoth well
1: the Yavin stuff I, I, I loved like all that stuff through the Death Star oh my god it would like made me cry so much but <laughs> but like when they had like Sienna disable the hyperdrive on the Falcon I was like eh, that's that's going a little too far there and like they had her get out of you know get off the bridge you know and so she wasn't on the executor when it when it crashed you know which I can understand, but at the same time, it's like we'll just have her be on another star destroyer, or have her evacuate and get injured that way. But I mean, those are very small quibbles, and in general, I really liked it. I, it was such a long book, though. I wondered if it might have benefited from being a trilogy, or two books, you know? Yeah, I
0: I wondered if um, I wondered if it could have been helped by being split out into a couple more books mm-hmm. than what it was cuz it this book covered I can't think of another Star Wars book that covers as much ground as this one does.
1: Yeah. It it's like four, 15 years I think covers. And uh but I really liked Thane and Sienna. I thought they were very good characters and like she did a really good job of showing like why people stay in the empire and why people would defy the empire. And like it felt very claustrophobic at times. Like you get a sense of just how oppressive the empire is. And that it's so easy for like you to sit reading the book and go, Why are you staying with the Empire? And you should defect and blah blah blah. But then you realize like how actually scary the Empire is. It's like, oh, it's not that easy to just go and defect.
2: Yeah, I definitely loved um, how much it showed, like, why, because you you get the impression that Sina is a good person, but then obviously she does all these bad things under the Empire, and, like, the book really gives you a feeling of why good people do awful things under the Empire, like, why there are so many loyal officers and, like, people who would just be, like, a normal person on the street that you would see, and, like, obviously you wouldn't think they'd kill someone, but, like, under the Empire it's something they would do, because, they don't have a choice or they're so like brainwashed by the idea of the loyalty and the duty. And like, I don't know. I just, I love that from the book. Like how much you get from each character, like even the background characters just have so much personality.
1: Mm -hmm. So good. Oh, Jude. I love Jude so much. (laughs) I was really sad that Jude died. (laughs) Same. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting because like you see, you know, people on the rebel side are, Talking about how terrible it is that Alderaan was destroyed, which it is, but then at the same time there are people on the Imperial side who lost friends on the Death Star. You know, you can joke. There were I had friends on on my on. I had friends on that Death Star, but it's true. You know, <laughs> it's it, it's sad.
0: And and then there's Nash Windrider, who I like to call the anti-Tycho.
1: Oh yeah, he is so the anti-Tycho. <laughs> wow, yeah. That. I really liked it, though, because it was something we've never really seen before. I mean, we've seen people fanatical to the Empire, but usually everyone from Alderaan is pretty much, like, down with the Empire, you know? Or if they were on the Empire, they they switched after that.
0: He, he, for me, Nash is perhaps the most clever mm-hmm. uh, tool the author utilized to illustrate why people serve the Empire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, Saf, I know you have a lot of Nash Windrider related thoughts.
2: <laughs> I do. Um, <clears throat> it's I find him really interesting because obviously everyone has a different way of coping with grief, and to be like he ki- like they killed your planet, they killed everyone you know, you should defect. But like for him, like he he thought that Princess Leia was a traitor to his people, and that like what had happened was her fault. Like he blamed her. Obviously, yeah. Um. And also, like, he, already, he just lost everyone. He lost everything he knew. Like, everything he had left was the Empire. He'd worked so hard to be part of it. And the people he knew were part of the Empire. Like, he had seen... C- ...at the time. And so, that was kind of what he was. And he had nowhere else to turn. Like, he could have gone through rebellion, but at the same time, he would have had a lot of blame for them for what happened, and also he would have been leaving the people he knew and his new home behind completely. And so, like, some ways that people do cope with grief is that they throw themselves into their work, and that's kind of what he did, was he threw himself into the Empire to try and escape what had happened. And also because if he'd shown any grief at the time, or any signs of wanting to defect at all, they would have just chained him up instantly. Like, they had all the eyes on him because he was an Alderaan. Eldoranian um and so he didn't really like he did have a choice I guess but at the same time like when you're in that position you don't feel like you have a choice like you're stuck and he was stuck and I feel so sorry for him because like after all those years he just kind of that was all he ended up being was just an empire porn and he could never get out like even though Sienna managed to after you know like a bit of a fight like he would never be able to he, he's just gone
1: yeah yeah, it I I so the end of the book made me go, wait, it can't be over yet. They need they need to have what happens now? What happens to Sienna? What happens to Thane? What happens to Nash? Like they think Sienna's dead and they're like honoring her and all this stuff and it's like, no. <laughs> and then, you know, you watch the Force Awakens trailer and you see the Star Destroyer on Jakku and
0: so yes, there's our tie to the Force Awakens for this book, <laughs> the Battle of Jakku.
1: Yeah, so there, uh, they f- the Battle of Jakku is the big climax of the novel. Um, we learn it is the lo- it is a loss for the Empire, um, which and it happens one year after Endor. Uh, so, and right after Jakku is when a peace treaty is signed between the Empire and the New Republic, which is way. Wh- wh- Way sooner than it was in legends as a reminder it happened uh 15 years after it was endor while. yeah so it was a long time um and then there's a little like epilogue to you know thane and sienna have this nice not really a nice conversation but you know sienna is captured and don't know what really is going to happen to her if she's going to be let go if she's going to be tried for war crimes or whatever which would be very interesting to explore because in aftermath like mon mothma is saying how they need to like demilitarize so i have a feeling there would be people in the rebellion or in the new republic who would be like we need to prosecute imperials for war crimes for all the horrible things they did but we also we can't prosecute everyone who was in the empire because everyone, everyone was in, in the empire. empire. <laughs> and what do you do, like, and like it, like Sinjir from Aftermath? What do you do with someone like that who defects? You know, it's it's very interesting, and I would like to explore that. I would
2: not mind a sequel that explored that. Yeah, saying <laughs> Disney, and, yeah, like this film.
1: And and especially because then you have that little tag with Nash, who's now like a commander and like kind of like a higher up guy because everyone in the Empire is dead or captured or defected. Um, But he notes that the Empire will rise again, Um, which is very interesting, you know, considering we have the whole First Order 30 years later and uh, we don't know what they've been up to. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens i definitely would like another another book in the vein of lost stars even if it's not the same characters i mean i would like the same characters but like a ya book set after return of the jedi i think would be super interesting uh, i
0: need another book with these characters i am super invested in all of these characters now
1: (laughs) yeah
2: me too this is easily my favorite book of the canon and legends eu just everything it's my favorite
1: Aw,
0: yay. Yeah, wait till you get the Starfighters of Adamar on <laughs> <wrong fist. laughs>
1: uh, no, she said favorite, not sad. <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Yeah. So, uh, do we have any more Lost Stars thoughts before we move on?
0: Any additional Lost Stars thought? I well, we we've talked about it, but it's the this is the best study of the empire and its culture that has appeared in star wars literature yeah. bar none i
1: really liked the world building and not just with the empire but like jellucan or however you pronounce the name of the planet they come from and then like the whole academy on coruscant like i liked that whole thing it was kind of like hogwarts in space <laughs> <laughs> and i like the whole ball thing you know Oh that, God, is the tro- the that might be the oh my-
0: tropiest YA trope there is. No,
2: it was, it was a- so good.
0: <laughs> but I loved it so much.
2: It's a fanfic trope. That's why. <laughs> it is. It really is. And the moment it happened, I was like, yes, I am so ready for that. <laughs> I've
1: used that trope. I know. Um yeah, I I just I really Oh, and uh there's a lot of sex in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot. There was like two scenes but that's a lot for Star Wars and again this is why I say like it's kind of like you know similar in tone to Dark Disciple as far as romance goes um but I, it was it was funny because like they had like alluded to them like they're in bed together and naked and then like in the next scene like Thane says something like and it's not just the sex and I'm like is that the first time they've ever mentioned that word in a Star Wars book? <laughs> And I had to think about it. It might be. It, for me, yeah, I was surprised by that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that brings us to uh, the book that Nancy is still chin handsing over. Oh,
1: my God. Weapon
0: of a Jedi. All
1: right. Everyone just, you know, quiet down. It's, I'm going to talk for a while.
0: <laughs> Get comfy, folks. I'm just going to mute my line here.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> So, The Weapon of a Jedi was the book I was most looking forward to because it's about Luke Skywalker and I have a lot of feelings about Luke Skywalker. What bullcrap. Shut up. And Jason Fry wrote it and Jason Fry is amazing and Jason Fry should write all of the Star Wars things. Like, seriously, you think I'm joking. I want him to write everything in Star Wars. Um, And I was super excited about it and uh, I know Jason was nervous. <laughs> Because he was like, I don't want you to hate this book. <laughs> but um, he did not have anything to worry about because I freaking loved it. It was amazing. Um, It was what I wanted Air the Jedi to be. <laughs> uh, and it's just basically, it, I mean, not a lot of stuff happens during the book. Like, I know people have said it's boring, but I mean, I'm sorry. It's about Luke Skywalker, so I don't think it's boring. And it's basically like he ends up going to Deveron and he finds the temple of Edith, which is an old Jedi temple and actually was featured in clone wars. Um, and he learns more about the force there. He trains with, uh, training remotes that were stored there in the temple. Um, he kind of gets his ass handed to him, but then he, you know, learns how to fly. He learns how to use the force and tap into the force. And it's, you know, all very awesome. And, made me drool and then he has a fight with Imperials and then he has a fight with Sarco Plank who Sarco Plank is a character in The Force Awakens just FYI Um, and uh, then as he's leaving the temple he vows you know he feels the spirit of the Jedi who walked there before (sighs) And thank you for the soundtrack, Brian. (laughs) And he vows, hold on, I'm going to find, I'm going to find it because it made me cry when I read it. He said, the force brought me here, he said quietly. And what I learned here will, what I learned here saved me. He swallowed, then continued. I will become a Jedi. I will rebuild the order. And one day I will come here again. I swear it on the memory of Obi Wan Kenobi and my father and all the Jedi who walked these halls.
0: (laughs) Oh, take
1: it, people. And I swooned. I swooned. I like, I seriously, I seriously started crying when I read that. And I was like, oh my God, this is like everything I wanted from any book ever. And then, not, you know, that just in itself would be great. But. The thing about the, the young reader, the middle grade books, is that they have framing stories, so there's an epilogue and a prologue that take place during the time of The Force Awakens. The Luke book is interesting because it does not actually feature Luke in the, the framing story. So, of course, you're led to wonder, where is he? What is he doing? Is he in hiding? Blah, blah, blah. But, the important bit is, um, so, so explain further. So Luke's story is an X-Wing pilot named Jessica Pava, who's in Blue Squadron. She's Blue 3. And she asked 3PO to tell her a story about Luke Skywalker, because why wouldn't you? (laughs) And uh, so, when they're done, she's like, uh, she wants to know how they got away, um, blah, blah, blah. And then she um, says, right, I have to go, but just tell me about Farnay. Did you ever see her again? Farne is the teenage girl that teenage Deveronian girl that helps Luke during the book. And 3 says, oh yes, 3PO says, R2 and I were delighted to be reacquainted with Farne when Master Skywalker kept his promise and returned to Deveron. Boom! Mic drop! I'm so, so
2: happy about that line. So- right? So
0: he's he's not a hermit somewhere in a hut.
2: Just He could be a hermit. He could have gone and been a hermit after he fulfilled his promise. Yeah, I
1: mean he could be in hiding now at the time the Force Awakens. But the point being is that after Return of the Jedi. He's off doing stuff, which is what he needs to be doing. Yeah, so
0: he didn't disappear for thirty years. Which no, is what a, a
1: which lot of we people know because from the cover of *Shattered Empire* number four, Luke Skywalker is on it, which is amazing, by the way. Um, side note, but yeah, so Luke went back to Deveron. He kept his promise. Um, you know, they don't really say explicitly what what he did, but you can you know assume that he went back. He restarted the Jedi Order. He at least trained some Jedi. Whether or not they're still around during the time of The Force Awakens, we don't know. But the point is, Luke Skywalker was doing stuff. That was important. And also, the fact that Jessica Pava, the X-Wing pilot, she's never met Luke, which I think is telling because it kind of means he's not involved with the Resistance or the military, which makes sense to me because, you know, he'd want to be off being a Jedi, you know, and the Jedi aren't they're keepers of the peace not soldiers but she knows who Luke is and she gets really really excited when 3PO mentions Luke so if he was like evil or like people thought he was weird or crazy or whatever she wouldn't be that excited um and then so it's like obviously he's not involved in the resistance but and she also says everyone knows who he is so he's still kind of a big deal and she mentions him as you know the best star pilot in the galaxy, which makes me happy because I like when people remember Luke as a pilot and not just a Jedi. And also, I really like Jessica Bava, and I really think that Jason Fry wrote her as me.
0: We're gonna be asked <laughs> when we have Jason on. I am, and he way. can
1: say no, you know, whatever, and I will just keep my head canon that Jessica Bava is me, and I want to cosplay as her because it's you act- should. Oh my God! It's a female named X-wing pilot in a in a canon show we've never had that before
2: obviously i love her just because she's a female pilot like Mm -hmm. i'm easy
1: (laughs) i'm hoping that she and poe are like friends and like that would be awesome and like they can be like the luke and wedge of yes (laughs) i just excited brian
0: (laughs) actually speaking of luke and wedge
1: oh yes (laughs) again why i think jason fry wrote this like i seriously was reading this book and i was just like jason like you you wrote this scene just for me right the first scene with luke and wedge and he goes (laughs) he goes i write them all for you dear (laughs) and i was like no but seriously it's luke and wedge fighting their x-wings hey, anytime Luke and Wedge, you know, hang out, it's awesome. But them flying together is just amazing. And then Wedge, oh my god, let me find it. Because this this line, like, seriously made me cry. Um, Brian knows what it is. And also they re-canonized Arl-Hul-Nara. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, where is it, where is it? Talk, Brian. Oh, yep, I found it. How did you, which began, then stopped. You know, for just an hour, I'd like to know what it's like to fly with the force watching my back. It's almost as good as having you watching my back, Luke said with a grin.
2: (laughs) Such besties. Oh my gosh. I
1: was like, no, you can't do that to me. I can't take it. (laughs) I made Brian read it right away. And he got to that part and he's like, it, he's like, "What? what's the part? And I'm like, just keep reading. You'll find it. And then he got to that and he went. <laughs> yeah. I have strong feelings about Wedge and Luke being bros. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm done drooling over this book. Oh, and Wedge was also in Lost Stars, by the way. He was the person who recruited Thane to the Rebellion, which I approve because Wedge is... Like
2: He's getting program. around in these
0: books.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's because Wedge is the most useful film character to the books. He
1: is, because they can do whatever they want with him. Except
0: kill him. You're not allowed to kill him. No, only Wedge. person
1: who could kill him is Aaron Olsen. Since um,
0: Aaron is no longer with us, no one is allowed to kill him. Wedge is immortal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, gee, Saf, any other thoughts on Weapon of a Jedi? Or did Nancy <laughs> cover everything?
2: Nancy covered most things. I was just very excited about, um, what's her name? The Deveronian girl? Farne! Farnay. she was really cool. Like, yeah, I
1: liked oh, her. She was cute. I kind of like, I I, I would like the idea of her being Force-sensitive and, like, Luke training her to use a Force. That would that's nice. what
2: I was kind of headcanoning, like, yes. a little bit, yeah. And I also like Jessica Papa, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I I just love anything that goes back to, like, Jedi mythology in any way. Like, mm. I'm a sucker for the Jedi, and so Luke going to that temple and, like, kind of reconnecting with his roots a little bit, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm having feelings right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I loved it because, like, he was not good at first, but, like, he learned, you know? And I liked it because it was, like, it's a good lesson for kids, you know, to, like, Keep trying and believe in yourselves, you know? And like when he gets cocky, then he's like, Oh crap. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah. And I really liked the name Sako Plank. It's just such a good name. Yes. Yeah, and he and his description's kind of freaky. Yeah.
1: So he is in Aftermath. He's actually, you can see him in the Vanity Fair pictures in the background. Um, and he they call him the scavenger, which I'm assuming he knows Ray or he and Ray interact at some you know, at some point because they are, you know, both on Jakku and also the fact that, um, that he, I think he's the one, in, is he in the picture? No, that's not him with BB eight in the, on the luggage. No, I don't think so. But so, so, so but he is there. So that's interesting. And I believe that in an interview, Jason Fry said that, um, that they, uh, w- it wasn't supposed to be circle plank originally, but, um, they ended up changing it to kind of be a tie-in.
2: I do do really appreciate the name. It's so very Star Wars. Like It feels like it's been around for longer than it has. Yeah,
1: right? Like, Sarco Plank. Sarco Plank. Sounds like... It's an exercise.
0: Sarco Plank sounds like he should have been one of the bounty hunters uh, in Empire.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? But yeah, so I... I had a lot of things. And the artwork is just so good. I mean, all of it in all of the all of the Phil Noto artwork is so great. But there's the picture of Luke fighting with, with Sarco, um before Sarko reveals himself as bad. And, uh, I, I mean, that drawing of, of Luke's arms is, is very nice. Breathe.
0: Breathe, Nancy.
1: I'm fine. I'm just looking at it right now.
0: <laughs> We're all fine here. How are you?
1: <laughs> Everything's fine.
0: So yes, Weapon of a Jedi gets two big thumbs up from Nancy.
1: Yeah. I wrote like I went to, I wrote my review and it ended up being an essay about my love of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> sorry, not sorry.
0: And uh, uh, Jason Fry gets the very coveted and rare Nancy stamp of Luke characterization approval.
1: It's not rare? <laughs> it's
0: pretty rare. No. I mean Yes.
1: Maybe. <laughs> no, he can write Luke anytime he wants. Hear me, Del Rey, Lucasfilm, <laughs> Press, Disney. Yeah.
0: Give Jason another book.
1: Give him a book. A, yeah, an adult book. Yes. After yes. reading
0: that uh, that short in uh, Rise of the Empire, oh, I want Jason oh, to have an adult so novel. Good. So good. Uh, smuggler's Run.
1: Yes. By Greg Rucca, who is also writing Shattered Empire. And Before the Awakening, he is getting a lot of work. Uh, this is the Han and Chewie book. And I guess the Falcon is another character in it. But um, I, I, I actually really, really liked it. It's a very tight story. Uh, it's really good characterization of Han. Really good characterization of Chewy, Um, and holy crap, the uh, Imperial in it, Commander Beck, is freaking awesome. (laughs) She's so
2: cool. I love her. She
1: is so cool. Like she is such a badass and like crazy, but like she reminded me of Isard a little bit. Ooh, but less less crazy. More just just how ruthless she is. Like she is, she's ISB, and she's you know. So the the basic plot of the story is Han is um, recruited by Leia, of course, to go get a spy from this one planet. This there's a rebel spy. He was he he was the only one to survive out of this cell that he was in and they need to get him before he's captured by the empire because he knows like everything everything like all their secrets are in his head and so they need to get him out so han is sent to extract him of course things go bad Uh, because it's hard yeah commander beck is on his trail and um crap goes bad and uh i mean it's just it's a very simple straightforward story but the characterizations good are good. The action is good. The villain is really good. Like I thought this was the strongest villain of all the of all the stories. And um the there's a new character in Matt who is the who's the rebel spy that Han and Chewie end up saving. Um and he's also a character in The Force Awakens. So we're getting a tie in there. And I I really liked him. He 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 was very like The very typical noble rebel and like when he thinks they're gonna be uh when they when he thinks they're gonna he's gonna be taken by the Empire, he basically says to Han he's like, I can't let them take me alive, you know, like he's gonna kill himself if they get captured. Um But yeah, it it was it's a very cool book.
2: I liked it a lot. I definitely have a crush on Immat. Definitely. Yeah. He is my type of character.
1: <laughs> I could. I c- yeah. I was reading it and I was like, oh no, I don't need another one of
2: these. <laughs> and they have a picture of him and he's pretty cute as well. So yeah. I was like, Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's I too know. late for me. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is looking for him.
1: I think it's the third the third picture.
0: Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Um and yeah, and that whole scene when they're like surrounded and like he does a really good job. Uh yes. No, yeah, and then there's another one. Yeah,
0: he's pretty good looking.
1: And then there's another (laughs) one back. Um, So yeah, the the whole scene when they think they're surrounded, and then um, Brian shaking his head. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Uh, when they're you know the other ship, the the flying bar comes in and you know rescues them. That's really it was it was that was such a good scene. It kind of made me pump my fist.
2: Oh, I love that so much. Yeah,
1: and it's like it—it's it, kind of like I'm like, mm, like I, I mean, I loved the Luke book. Don't get me wrong, but I would also kind of like to see what Greg Rucka would do with a Luke, a Luke story because he just—I I really liked his prose and think he's a very good writer. Yeah, I love his writing a lot. Yeah, and um, that's why I like. I know a lot of people say, should I read the middle grade books, you know, or do they hold anything for adults? And I'm like, it's basically the same as an adult novel, except it's really short. And I like it because it doesn't take very long. It's very straightforward. You know, sometimes I just like straightforward, you know, clear stories. It's like
0: an extended insider short.
1: Yeah. You know? Um, And also for this one, the framing story had Han in it and I liked it because like in the beginning it just referred to him as the old man <laughs> <laughs> and he so he hears this gang talking about needing a fast ship blah 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 and so he ends up talking to them and telling the story about the Falcon and how the Falcon saved his life and which is you know the escape from the planet which by the way was really well written that whole escape scene was really cool Um and so he ends up telling them the story and then in the epilogue you know we find out, yes, it's Han. They're in the same bar, the flying bar that they were in. Um, and the the people are, are you know, that he was, that helped him are still there. And, you know, they're still ragging on Han about not paying his bar tap. <laughs> and then he and Chewie get in a bar fight like they do. <laughs> and I loved it because it was like Han has this line about, like, Wookiees are really silent, you know, and they don't realize that Chewie's, you know, snuck up on them to beat them up until that he's right there. I just <laughs> liked it because I'm like, oh, Chewie, I missed you when you were dead.
0: <laughs> no dropping a moon on him this time. No.
1: But yeah, it was really cool. And like he mentioned they mentioned a few like gangs. That are kind of out for him. So it kind of makes me wonder what the heck is Han
2: involved in now? Well, he's obviously it's Han, so he's going to be in some kind of trouble. Like Same as always. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> no matter what he did
2: with the rebellion, he's still going to be the same scoundrel he always was.
0: Mm-hmm. I got a couple weeks off. I can go run this job. What could go wrong?
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> the
0: answer is everything, Han. Everything. Everything,
2: everything is wrong. Oh man! Something else I really loved about this book was um, Torrent, the clone trooper. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. I was really excited about that because I'd actually been reading his dialogue in the clone voice, just because that's what I do when there's like a cool ser- ser- sergeant or like commander or something in the books. So I'm like, yeah, okay, he's a clone in my head, and then he actually was a clone, and I was like, yes, I love it.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I like that little. I like the tie-in, you know. And he's like one of the older clones, so it was cool. Anything else you want to talk about Smuggler's Run before we move on? Just
0: that I'm really excited for Rucker writing Poe, Finn, and Ray.
1: Oh, yeah. I am so, so excited. It was such a good... It was a really good book. And I mean, coming from me, it says a lot because, you know...
0: Not the world's biggest Han (laughs) fan.
1: I saved it for last, you know, because I was kind of like, you know, whatever, I'll read it. But I'm really glad I read it because it was very
2: good. Yeah, same. I wasn't... Because I... I mean, I like Han, but I'm not that... Interested him. I'm not really into that type of character, um, but I read it anyways. Obviously, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was probably okay. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say it was my favorite of the three because I love the other two a lot as well. Um, but I liked it a lot more than other EU books that I've read. Yeah,
0: and that brings us to the book with uh, potentially the most TFA p- uh, tie-in in it.
1: Oh my god! Yes, I. I read the epilogue to this book, and I immediately shoved it in Brian's face and was like, "You have to read this now." <laughs> <laughs> so, "Moving Target" is a is the Leia novel, and, uh,
0: also known as Leia's Summer Vacation.
1: Yes, <laughs> with the beachwear. Oh, god, um, it's my
2: favorite thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, this is also kind of a you know straightforward story. Um, they are trying to distract the Imperials from the fact that the rebels are massing their fleet to attack the second Death Star. And they send Leia as bait to try to kind of send the Empire after her. Um, The plot for this one, it seemed, to me, seemed kind of like the weakest as far as like, what was going on, but it's really not a plot book it's a character book you know and Leia and it's also nice because it's an ensemble more than the other ones because you've got Leia and then you've got the other people on the ship with her um, and I also like that this was set after Empire because the other two books were set after A New Hope and we've we like we have so much stuff set after A New Hope right now but really not a lot after Empire and I liked it because There was a few times when Leia reflected on Han, you know, and that he was in carbonite, but she wasn't stuck with him, which, you know, they, a lot of times they do, they have her paired off with Han, which I'm glad they also did not do that in the Princess Leia comic that she wasn't off with him. But, um, so, and there's also another cool Lady
2: Imperial in the story which I, yes. I'm very happy about all the Lady Imperials. Keep
0: bringing on the cool Lady Imperials. Yes.
2: Bring in all the ladies. I'm just loving how casual Star Wars is getting just with like having ladies. Right. She's there. like, they're always there and everything now and I'm loving it so much. Yeah, God. Like...
0: Again, you are really gonna love Mirax.
2: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I'm so excited.
1: Like, say what you will about Aftermath, like whether or not it was you, you know, you liked it or not, but every other character was a woman and it was great. <laughs> um so basically you know they the the actual plot of the the novel isn't really what's important here <laughs> although <laughs> you do, you do get a mention of a mot that he's he's still around and working in in the uh in the rebellion but um there there was a nice scene with leia and mon mothma i, I appreciated that i like every time leia and mon mothma can chat and talk about alderaan and I want Leia to sit her down and be like, hey, there was this nice lady called Padme Amidala that I worked with. She's your mom. <laughs> yes, that needs to happen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I need mean, I, I'm sure she doesn't know. Um, But, like, if Leia was were to find out, and I'm sure she would end up telling Mom Mothma, and then Mom Mothma would be like, oh, my God. And like tell her everything she knew, and like show her all these pictures of Padme, and talk about like oh. when
2: they were besties in the Senate. You know, they probably have, like selfies together or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a selfie with her and Bail and Mon Mothma. Oh, yeah. oh my god, my heart can't handle this. And like, oh yeah, that Anakin Skywalker boy—he was kind of surly <laughs> 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 and, and obnoxious. Whatever happened to him? Uh, nothing. Pay no attention. <laughs> um
0: we have to talk about the epilogue yeah though.
1: well i mean yeah. that's this is like the main thing about the book so you've got leia who is cornered by this astromech or this protocol droid who she thinks is more annoying with than 3po which is saying a lot
2: um, i love okay wait wait i love the look of P Z. Like, yeah she looks too. really cool i want an action figure of this droid i i agree yeah
1: he was cool and I like that he's like sent in to get her memoir and she's just like why? <laughs> so finally she ends up telling the story and um so we get to the end and Peasy leaves and Amok comes in which you you find out like he is Leia's aide basically. Um so I, I actually read this before Smuggler's Run so I was kind of like, oh yeah, Amot lives, but <laughs> I mean yeah, same. <laughs> I figured that. Um, so and he he's major at this time, major Amat. So um so yeah, he uh he is um still there, still around, still working for the rebellion. And um he uh they talk about Leia, you know, the whole time she's learning about duty and commitments to causes and to each other and how they balance them. And then she says, it's something I learned battling the Empire and now Poe's learning the same lesson against the First Order. I've discussed it with him. He's old enough to hear me, but not and not old enough to listen yet. I'll keep trying. Dameron's commitment is absolute, Amat said, and he's our best pilot. He'll get what we need i have never worried about Poe's commitment. "'My worry is for what that commitment may cost him.'" Amat nodded, and Leia peered at him. "'I know that look,' she said. "'Is there news from Jakku?' "'Yes, General,' Amat said. "'We're awaiting you in the command center.'" Leia nodded and stepped into the corridor. The door shut behind her. As she and Amat walked toward the command center, she felt a familiar tingle somewhere in the back of her mind. Events were in motion, and she would be at the center of them, at the center of the action. And that, even after so many years of war, was a relief.
0: So, let's unpack that. So, uh, Saf, have oh you read God. Shattered Empire number two yet?
1: Yes, I have. Okay,
0: great. We can talk about this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, we're going to talk about Shattered Empire as a whole, but we can talk about this. So, let's unpack this. A, Leia is leading the Resistance, and she is General Organa. Which, A-F-yeah. F- yeah. <laughs> you bow down before General Organa. Which makes it very interesting, because when did she take on a military title? Because she never had a military title.
2: This is new. It probably was with the... when it, Whatever the Resistance is, it probably came with the founding of that, I mm-hmm. reckon. And I bet she had a big hand in founding it. Of course she did, because she's Leia. <laughs> um, Also...
1: Uh, let's address the elephant in the room that her name is Organa. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily mean she's not married to Han, because women, when they get married, can keep their last name and not change it.
0: Wait, they can?
1: They can. It's allowed.
0: Really? What is this, Miss andre
1: Yes. I've done it. Wait, you don't have my last <laughs> name? I don't have your last name. What? <laughs> I have my last name, not yours. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, So, um, it's not necessarily the case, but let's talk about that. Do we think they're married? I don't know. <laughs> I'm really sad about okay, it. <laughs> can I just say, okay, I want Han and Leia to be married. Let's just put that right on the table, because I know people will be bitching at me. But- I will laugh my ass off as all the people who are like, Luke can't have kids because he wasn't with anyone and that's going to be too confusing. And then Han and Leia aren't even married because I'm going to be like, all you people are worried about Luke. You should have been worried about something else. Because <laughs> I'm mean-spirited sometimes. Sometimes. But no, I, I am also very unsure because... I-
2: even if they're not married, there will still be something. Like, they can't... It, it wouldn't make sense in the grand scheme of things to just cut off a romance completely between those two. Yeah. To
1: me. I... It would be
2: very weird to have the original trilogy with them having this cute romance and then just to have it, like, not there in the sequel trilogy.
1: I... Yeah. I... With what we've seen so far... So the Han scenes in Smuggler's Run, he is not I mean he there is no mention of Leia and he does not act like someone who is married <laughs> but I mean it could be where they're older their kids are adults and he's off doing his smuggling thing um he could be involved in the resistance and we just don't know it it could be throwing us off the trail
0: someone's got to be running uh, credits for the resistance
1: yeah and Leia also <laughs> you know doesn't think of Han in the framing stories, but she does think of him in the book. So Something
2: I do find really interesting is that even though she doesn't think of Han in the framing story, the first story she tells PZ is one in which he realizes how much she cares about Han and decides to go save him. Yes. Like that is, even though the story obviously has another Reason. Like, that is the main personal change with Leia with that yeah. story. And so I found that very interesting that that is the story she decided to tell.
1: Yeah. I do have to wonder, though, if, like, because, you know, there's all the speculation about what Luke is doing. Is he in hiding? Um, you'd say, what is Han doing? Is he off with smugglers and, like, you know, doing his thing? Um, have they all not seen each other? You know, um, are they, and maybe Han and Leia are separated for some reason you know or they've been living apart for some reason but they're a couple you know maybe they have a big reunion in the force awakens which would be really sweet (laughs) and make me cry (laughs) oh and that sorry that reminded me of a line from moving target or not moving target from smugglers run that i have to go back to because han says uh The old man shrugged. Think about the galaxy. There's as many versions of the truth as there are stars. Got an old friend who's fond of saying that truth is greatly dependent on your point of view. Which made me squeal because they're Han and Luke are pros and I love that they're still friends and hanging out, you know? And he said, he doesn't say I had a friend. He says got an old friend. So obviously. So it just, it makes me wonder what they've been doing. Like. And I, I can't imagine that they... I have to think that this is all very strategically planned. Like, Leia is in the Resistance. She's the face of the Resistance. Han is off doing stuff behind the scene. And Luke is hiding with his Jedi Ninja Order.
0: <laughs> what a Jedi Ninja Order so
1: badly. I do too.
0: Okay. So, shall we talk about how uh, Moving Target lines up with Shattered Empire number yeah. two? Well...
1: Let's go to the last bullet first, because I I wrote this before Shattered Empire 2 came out. But so, basically, war against the First Order is imminent. You know, it's pretty much, it's, it, this is like the closest one to Force Awakens. Something's happening on Jakku. We can figure out what it is. Poe is being sent on a mission, and it's, I'm assuming, going to go badly, because we've seen him captured by the First Order in the -the behind-the-scenes video. So, you know, wondering... What the heck is happening with that? Which makes me very worried for Poe Dameron. Um, so yeah, war against the First Order is imminent. This is a big threat. Leia is taking it seriously, and she's at the center of the action, which makes me really, really, really happy because that that shot of her in the behind-the-scenes video, like, she's taking no crap from anybody, and I want to see that. And I remember... um. Did you go to the Princess Leia panel at Celebration, Seth?
2: No, I think it clashed with something else. I okay. went to.
1: Well, there was the "What Princess Leia Means to Me" panel, and they were talking about you know Leia all through the trilogy, and you know what we, they started talking about during the Force Awakens, and of course, you know they couldn't say anything, you know, because there were people on there who knew, and uh, one of the, I think was it Jen Heddle or Rain Roberts, I can't remember which one of them was. They were like, well. I do know what Leia's doing. That was Rain Roberts. She goes, well, I do know what Leia's doing in the first Awakens and you all are really going to like it. <laughs> and that kind of like lines up with this completely because like, if she's leading the first, the resistance, I will be really happy. So yeah, let's talk about Poe right now.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll set, I'll set the stage on this one. So you talked about uh, the mention of Poe in the mm-hmm. epilogue of this book. Mm-hmm. In Shattered Empire number two, well,
1: Preface that she's thinking of him. Yes. Very maternally. Pro-
0: maternally, protectively.
1: Yeah. He's not just some pilot. She's teaching him stuff. So she is either a maternal figure, she's a mentor. You know, it's not just, oh, some, some pilot dude.
0: Yeah. So in Shattered Empire number two, we do get confirmation that Cher and Kes are Poe's parents.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And then
1: that uh Poe is a baby. Yes. Poe is alive. He's a toddler. He's
2: and then sick. uh oh, he'd be so cute with little curly hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him in the comic. Oh.
0: So is it is it Shira or Shara? Shara. Shara. Right. So Shara is assigned to do what's supposed to be a milk a blue milk run mission with Princess Leia. And uh, there's this poignant scene in which uh, she walks onto the bridge and Princess Leia is writing next of kin letters. Mm -hmm. Nancy, would you like to take it from here?
1: So everyone was talking in the first one about how Shara and Kes are probably going to die or Kes is going to die because they had sex and conceived Poe. But now we find out Poe is actually alive. So they were just, you know, having... Yay, we beat the Empire sex. which That's is, the best kind of sex. It is, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, Kess can get a reprieve. Shara, not so much. <laughs> she has a target on her back now. Um, so people are already thinking that Princess Leia is going to raise Poe Dameron as a war orphan. Because... I mean, that would make sense, because Leia would totally do that. She kind of is pro-adoption for obvious reasons. Um, And so after this this Shattered Empire 2 kind of made me go, oh, crap. Leia and Shara are on a mission together. They're getting to know each other. Leia's going to feel responsible if anything bad happens to Shara. And take responsibility for Poe's well-being. Whether or not she actually adopts him or just looks over him, you know, is... go either way. Um, So that... Holy
0: crap, Leia's the Obi-Wan figure.
2: Oh my gosh! Ah! That's all I've ever wanted!
1: (laughs) Why, why, why did you have to say that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from that. (laughs) So I I was already leaning towards the whole Shara's going to die and Leia's going to take Poe under her wing. And then I remembered the next to kid Letter scene. And I was like, well, shit, that's Chekhov's gun right there. So, Shara's gonna die. Leia's gonna take it upon herself to deliver the news. We're gonna get to see baby Poe Dameron because Leia's gonna go there and tell him that his mommy's dead and it's her fault and it's awful and I don't want to like Star Wars
0: anymore. I don't...
1: i sad now. I know, right? Uh, yeah, so... I don't know. I don't know if, like, if Leia will actually, like, would actually adopt him. Because if, you know, Kess can live. And she mentioned her dad is kind of, if it's the one, you know, watching Poe while they're gone. So I would imagine if anything happens to Shara and Kess, that her dad would just continue raising Poe. But, I mean, it's definitely there is a connection there. She probably re- remembers his mom and,
2: you know. Yeah.
0: It's
2: oh, too sad. <laughs> I hadn't even speculated any of this whatsoever, and now I'm really sad.
1: I know, I have lots of thoughts about this. Sorry, I'm too sad now. Yeah. But it also it it then you have to think about. So if Le- if Poe is like a son to Leia, then does that make it more likely that Rey is not her child and I think yes and that makes me happy <laughs>
0: because that means it's, po- it's even more likely that Rey is a Skywalker yes
1: I mean either way I want her to be a Skywalker whether she's Luke or Leia's kid but I think if, if Leia treats Poe like a son I think it's more likely that Rey is Luke's daughter yeah, I could see that. That's my theory.
0: you're sticking to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts about uh, these four books?
1: Can we mention in Moving Target
2: the beachwear scene? The and beachwear why scene. Why is
1: there not fan art of that yet?
2: Why wasn't that one of the illustrated pages? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Phil Noto, no, this is the only time you've ever disappointed me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he lit he us down here. Those 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 uh water pirate people were awesome though.
2: Yeah, I liked the the ship whatever they had yeah. thing. It was really cool.
1: I also like that Leia is wearing her like Return of the Jedi uniform in here cuz I really like that
2: uniform. It's a good uniform. Yeah. Ooh, sorry
0: to interrupt for just a moment but uh, Ashley just released a picture of the of a new Darth Vader dress no
1: it's a video oh I already watched it okay <laughs> oh Brian there's a picture of a match in a uh, moving target as well would you like to see yeah I'll take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely got a better beer than um
1: <laughs> maydeen, <laughs> <Ricks> maydeen does. <laughs> Aww, Aww. You
0: know,
1: i wonder if they're gonna keep his backstory also i really don't like the syrians with hair
0: yeah that's kind of weird looking it
2: no, is syrians already freak me out enough but with like the hair on top of the head it's weird it's like it's a really beehive weird. it's so strange <laughs>
1: It is, and I don't need to. Th- I didn't need, need to think about her and Luck, Marsha making out. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're happy, but.
2: Well, I mean, they're not. Maybe happy maybe I'm
1: being xenophobic. There, I know there's like people dying in this book. Yeah, it's war. Intense, but I
2: I was so happy when they actually got together, and then and then my heart was broken. Yeah.
1: War is hell, man. It is. Oh my god, it's killing everyone
2: I love. Oh, Why do yeah. I like this stupid series? <laughs>
1: I also like that moving target featured Rikian because we don't see enough Rikian.
0: All right. Well, any other parting thoughts?
2: I love Star Wars. <laughs> Star yeah. Wars is pretty great. I'm so excited for all the new canon books coming out. I love like, Star Wars.
0: <laughs> and we sh- uh, by the looks of it, we're going to be hearing about two new adult novels this weekend.
1: Yes. I'm very excited. So stay
0: tuned.
1: I know. We will be podcasting on Tuesday talking about all about New York Comic Con stuff. Talking more about Revels. Yes. The trailer. And we'll do a trailer breakdown. Do a news breakdown.
0: All that fun stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. Speaking of trailer breakdowns, don't remember, we will have Anthony Bresnikan on uh, talking about all about Star Wars and reporting on Star Wars and marketing and all that fun stuff.
0: So, yep, we're recording that tomorrow. We'll be live streaming it uh, in addition to putting it in the feed. So join us at livestream.com slash Tashi Station Radio.
1: Any parting thoughts, Saf?
2: I just love the new canon
1: so much. Yes. And so much. before we go, tell us about the
2: new podcast that you are on. Oh, yes, me and some people from Far, Far Away Radio, Heath. Meg and Danny have all started a new podcast called Rogue Podron, which is basically a book club for the Rogue Squadron books, because three of us have not read those books, including me, and one of us has, so Meg is our rogue leader because of that. So basically, every week we'll be discussing four chapters of the books, um, possibly more, possibly less, it depends on what's happening, and like our reactions, dramatic reinterpretations of things um and also answering questions from people and stuff like that so yeah if you want to check that out you can find us over at the far far away radio website and also on the itunes stream and what is the
1: email address because i might have to send you guys in a question <laughs> when you get um, to me that's ask. a good question
2: i think it's roguepod at far okay yeah i
1: might have to ask a question about things yes. and stuff I'm so excited! I'm so excited for you guys to to read it. It's like it's, it's very fun. It is. I
0: just have an evil grin on my face the whole time oh, sure. I'm listening.
1: But it's gonna take a really long time for them to get to the books that we want.
0: But the payoff is gonna be so good. It
1: is good. Actually, I'm really excited for them to get to the end of book three. Yes. So we can tell you can we can tell you a story about this. It's no, it doesn't spoil anything, but so. Everyone, when this book came out, everyone expected that it was going to be a trilogy. That the Rogue Squadron books were going to be a trilogy. Um, So, Michael Stackpole, like, basically used that to his advantage. And he had the last book end on, like, such a huge cliffhanger. And then people were like, oh, wait, there's a book far? Holy crap! Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> and he basically just screwed with everyone's emotions. <laughs> so, oh yeah. my gosh, it's amazing. That shows you what you're getting
2: into. Because oh no, I'm scared. It's okay. We've got a while to go until book three, so I've got time to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the,
0: then, you you can never be prepared enough. And
2: then you get to
1: the race squadron books, which uh, Danny actually said something like, "Way to set the bar really high," and I was like, "There is no such thing as setting the bar too high." When it comes to Aaron. <laughs> yeah.
0: So where else can we find you online, Saf?
2: Um, I'm on Twitter at Wanderlustin, which is like Wanderlusting without the G. Um, I'm also at Making Star Wars' analysis podcasting and Forcecast. And at my own personal site, notsafwork.com. I love that name. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, we will go ahead and wrap the show up there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you by Her Universe and your support at Patreon. Head to the blog, check out the links there, help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore Station, that's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants, that's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we are the Tashi Station Network. We are available on the iTunes Store and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, please do leave a review, it does help us. Grow the show. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Stay tuned to your feeds. We've got a lot of new stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. Bye. So long. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters.